Table Talk is not your typical D&D TTRPG podcast. We are not here to run you through our whole campaign. We're here to talk about everything else in the space of Table Talk. I'm your host, Alejandra Wilhelm. And I'm also your host, Mariah Gresham. And we're your tabletop roleplay girlies. And we're live! So. Hello, Gavna. Huh? Hello, Gavna. Hello, um, Welcome back to what is now episode three. Yeah. Crazy. Episode three of Table Talk. Um, and today I kind of wanted to talk about... Uh, a little subject that I think you and I are both pretty familiar with and experienced with, um, like male dominated games and tables mm-hmm. versus when you've played in spaces where it's mostly like female or feminine presenting yeah. or queer, uh, identifying yeah. peoples. Yes. And when I say like male, predominantly male tables, I mean like male mask, like but mostly like cis men. Um, who are you know, what is kind of traditionally associated traditionally with. were the the predominant people in the space of D and D a long time ago, but since um, you know things have definitely really evolved um, yes. in the past few years, especially with this kind of like renaissance of D and D kind of escapism is a hell of a drug. Escapism is a hell of a drug whenever you've been through a a worldwide pandemic. Yeah. Um, and the economy is in ruin. The government yeah, is terrible. Somewhat. We need something. We need a small reprieve. Yes. And everybody is like, you know what? This shit, yes. this shit hit pretty, pretty good when everything else is falling apart. Yeah. At least I can control the chaos here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or have some illusion of it for sure. Um, but yeah, it, it's this, it's this, uh, space. And again, I, I, I think I want to preface that, you know, we are only speaking from our own personal experiences. This is Absolutely. not a generalization about anybody or any group of people or anything, but we've, we've definitely, um, experienced and played at tables yeah. where it's mostly male or male presenting people. Um, and then we are now currently thriving in an environment that where is all women, that is basically all women with like the exception of maybe the DM and even in yeah. some cases that's not the case. Yes. Um so yeah, I I think I wanted to talk about it's it's mostly been for, in my in my experience. Um there both of those environments have really great things to offer as far as the experience of D&D for sure. For sure because I think in my experience when I've been either the only woman at the table or, um, you know, one of the only women at the table. And it's mostly men in the party as well as, like, a male DM. Uh, it's a, it's an environment that where I, I – and also, like, I can't say I've ever experienced, like, an at-table in-person experience with mostly men. It's mostly been my virtual D&D games for me. Yeah, I've had – because even that first game that we we played in together, it was there were more men than women, but also like a good amount of queer people. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So it was about 50-50. Yeah. But yeah, it was there were still a good mix of Yeah. And um it made it really interesting. But I think the the games that I've currently been in, which I've been playing those both of those campaigns respectively for a little bit over a year now. And it, I, I entered those with, uh, I'm brand new. Mm-hmm. Don't know these men. 
Um, and it was just, I knew somebody that was already in the game and he, he kind of brought me in and getting to know those people and, uh, how they play games versus what I had personally experienced in my in-person games was really, really buck wild and different because they were super, you know, very, very into combat, very into character optimization. Like they like the technical aspects, the of technical the aspects of it. And they know that damn character sheet. Yes. Left back, and like right. character abilities and all of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they can do all these cool fucking things in combat with all of these abilities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was like kind of on the back foot a little bit because I'm not. Uh, it's not something that used to come naturally to me right. at all. And you hadn't put as much thought into like your character's utility. Yeah. Just who they are as a person. My character creation process is like I find really pretty art. Then I come up with the concept of the character. Yeah. And then I find the mechanics in class to make my idea work. I normally don't approach the character creation process from a I pick my class first. See, I, with the idea of like how is this going to mechanically work in game i kind of do mm-hmm. i pick like i have an idea of what i want to play um and so it's usually class and then it's some combination of looking at races for plot reasons and optimization reasons mm-hmm. but then also sometimes finding trying to find good art and, like, if I find art that kits, like, my character in that Ocean's Pride server, Iris, yeah. like, she was a Twilight, uh, a Drow, Twilight Cleric, and Psionic Rogue. For sure. And I found that because that picture in Tasha is introduced to Twilight Cleric. And I was like, it looked kind of like, like a Drow or Shadow uh-huh. Isle or something. And I was like, that's something. Yeah. That and hits, I'm like, it's the good I see it and I can never, get, I can't get it out of my head now. So for that's sure. what it has to be. So, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's weird for me where it comes from. Sometimes it is more than emotional, like, what I want to play with. Yeah. And sort of, like, what axes and sort of tension points yeah. I want to run run around with and how it fits into the world, yeah. too. And it's it's been an interesting time adapting to that different kind of play style where, um, you know, I had to have some moments of realization that I was like, damn, these people really know how to, like, optimize their turns in combat they know exactly what their characters are doing in combat um and i feel like a little bit of a liability because i don't know how to manage my character to the same level yes so i had often like i had experiences where i was like after a few times where we've encountered combat and having that feeling of like i feel like i'm not doing enough to pull my weight in this party in a combat sense and this is definitely the tone that takes priority in this kind of game with these this group of people in particular um and so i had moments where i had to stand with like a dm or somebody in the party that i was like you're really good at understanding mechanics Mm -hmm. and rules and all of these things and so i was like you know take a look at my character sheet and help me like realize my potential what my options are (laughs) yeah what what are my options like run me through what the kinds of things that i could do in combat so i have it in mind when i enter combat next time Mm -hmm. and i can feel like i'm a a little more useful or i'm at least like playing on the same same level as as yeah people you don't feel like you're just doing the obvious stuff yeah that's it and like i found tons tons of value in that Oh yeah. Um and it is it is something that I found that is more emphasized at predominantly like 
male present tables mm-hmm. um, as opposed to my experiences when I've played with a lot of like feminine presenting or women or cis women and, um, you know, like the queers um, of which we are the girls and the gays, the girls and the gays. And that's it. And, you know, we are proud members of that community. Um, but those spaces are where I would say, for example, like our particular little, little group now between you, me, Alyssa and Bex, uh, now that we've been playing for several years at the, at this point, um, are very knowledgeable about combat and we find a lot of value in that. But before we were definitely like hardcore role play hoes. And if we, yeah. And we still are. And like, it's a good balance of like, cause like I'll catch myself like in your strict saving campaign, which we knew was going to be mostly role play of like when I was building out my character, I'm like, there is that bit of, I'm like, okay, I want to do it. It's fun when you can just do a dumb amount of damage in a round. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh, like, well, like, I don't even know if I'm going to use this. Mm-hmm. But if it does, like, she's just going to be. <laughs> Should the opportunity arise. She's going to be Kool-Aid manning through this wall. Yeah. Because. <laughs> I'm like, I, I think, for example, like, with us, uh, I've had so many times where I've played at the table with y'all or now, you know, been DMing for y'all. And love 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 every aspect of how hard we go on the role play and yeah. the stories that we tell with these characters and it comes very natural and it's very emphasized at tables where i've been with mostly women mm-hmm. or like other queer folk um you know because of that escapism and we we translate a lot of ourselves into those characters where i think maybe um it's a you're going for a different thing where it's yeah. almost like more of sometimes i think tabletop role playing games Similar to like, or some like board games or video games where you're just mm-hmm. like piloting your avatar around a little bit and like killing shit and, you know, being a murder hobo and living your life. Exactly. And there's a lot of just like, I can turn my brain off kind of fun mm-hmm. with that. And then there's also like, okay, I'm going to optimize it for combat and I'm going to do a whole, like, exactly. it reminds me of like the, like, I don't play. League of Legends or, like, anything like that. Uh-huh. Like, those kind of games mm-hmm. where you're out here, like, battle planning and, like, orchestrating down strategy. Yes. And it's, like, yeah, it's it's that kind of vibe. And that's – it's all good, but it's just, like, a different kind of – Yeah. Like, when I'm sitting at a experience. table with a bunch of men, I feel like I'm in a war room meeting. Yeah. And when I'm in a table full of women – You're in, like, a writer's room. Yeah, I'm in a writer's room. Yeah. Yeah. Like a writer's room, art direct, like story director yeah. situation. Um, and both offer so much value because like I don't think I would have gotten as good at combat as I am now if I had not had those experiences where I'm like, okay, trial by fire. I really gotta yeah, I gotta step my fucking game up, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, in order to to go to bat with these guys and feel like I'm kind of holding contributing, you know, contributing to this game that we're all all playing together and stuff. And it helps me learn mechanics. It helps me learn my characters and different classes. And now I feel pretty competent. And I feel I have a lot of confidence now in now, uh, you know, in one of my games, I have a possible character death incoming and I'm kind of hanging in limbo at the moment. And mm-hmm. I've told my DM as uh, you know, repercussions to his own actions, should he choose to kill my character 
or if the dice deem it so, um, I am going to come in here with a full on like Yuan T artificer and make it a fucking problem. Yeah. And, and it's not going to be a great, it, it's going to be inconvenient. Yeah. I've already rolled her. She's min max as fuck. I've read through everything that I need to know about how to play a fucking artificer. And I'm like, I will walk in here. Wait, I'm ready. And be a fucking problem for you. <laughs> like with no no mercy whatsoever bubblegum pink artificer i am gonna come in here with this bubblegum pink barbie yuan tea artificer and make myself a problem she has for like you single, and your entire she store. has a single high heel on her little snake tail exactly pretty much it's <laughs> so like so good uh well yuan tea have legs they're, they they're not like naga but yeah no uh, oh that's right that's right yeah yeah and so i'm like you know she has a naga that has a single heel on its snake too yeah exactly whereas before i was just you know there are certain classes that i would steer entirely clear from because i was like those seem complicated yeah like i've played a monk in the raven moth campaign mm. which like is a lot of fun and like it is a little bit ironic where it's like monks don't wear armor and they don't really use a ton of weapons like some of them do mm -hmm. but it's more like you may have like a quarter staff or like a glaive or something like that but there's a lot of options where it's like all right i guess i punch the eldritch monster <laughs> in the face just can i punch god right in basically the yeah like, we were i remember those bit where we were like being chased by werewolves Oh yeah, and like was it werewolves or they were just big wolves? I think Straw sent. That's it. Yeah, sent they his were dire just wolves. Di yeah, they were di they were dire wolves, and like Daddy somebody Straud. had like snapped my fucking quarter staff for reasons. Clean in half, yeah. And so I didn't have that. I think it was like the third quarter staff you'd been through. <laughs> you could I not started carrying backups. You could like, not I keep a quarter staff. Could not keep a quarter staff. <laughs> um, and so like I. I mean, your fists do magic damage, but I was just like, all right, it's my turn. I guess I punch it in the snout. Yeah, I guess I just I go like full that, rocky on this dog. I was like, that's what I, that's what I bring to the table. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like, that's a chaotic kind of fun that I enjoy. Yeah. Uh, and I think I'm about to start playing another monk. Um, of like a different flavor yeah in our other campaign yeah and but I, yeah but monks are quite complicated of like you can play them and you can play a simplified version yeah. of them but if you want to get the most utility and like action economy mm -hmm. out of them you do have to think quite strategically yeah and like read the tempo of the fight and like where are we at like have we reached the peak and it's going down or are we still waiting for like the giant motherfucker to come out of the tunnel in the back like whatever you yeah. know is gonna happen and i've burnt all of my key points and i can't do anything now yeah and i think definitely like sitting down at the table with like certain certain dms and then also tables where i feel like you know either i'm the only woman or one of the only women are those times when like I've really had to like read up on on the the strategy, the action economy, mm -hmm. know how to manage my time and space yeah. properly. And like whereas before I was like, please just give me a barbarian so I can just play whack fuck out here. Uh because that's all I have the brain power <laughs> to do. <laughs> what? What? Fuck. <laughs> and uh because I really was for I mean I'm big my my first character i would say that i actually like play 
I I want to say played, but realistically, I role played her on a like RP server. But we still included like D and D mechanics. Was yeah. my barbarian Reina? Yeah, and um, familiarized myself a lot with that. And like, she ended up becoming a whole entire beast in and of she itself. Love thing. She's, she's still, a she's, she's a, still bebop. She's a relic. She's, she's a, still out here in these. She had a journey streets. Um, you know, uh, like I made friends with people that really explained it to me. Um, and now. I've built that confidence in that, like, now I feel like I can pick up any class, you know? Yeah, like, I was opposite. So, like, my first character is a sorcerer. And for a bit, I only played casters. And then Eva, my monk, was, I believe, like, one of the first melee Mm -hmm. characters I really played. Certainly in, like, a long campaign. But... And yeah, now it's a weird thing of like I've been playing like I've played a fighter for a bit and I'm playing a paladin now. And like it's it's interesting to like mix yeah. and find the different things. So it's like, okay, what brand of chaos do I want to deal with right now? Like mm-hmm. the and it's interesting because like I play a rogue to an other campaign. But yeah. A friend of mine runs and he's he was a he's fairly new to D D in general. And when he started running that campaign, if he he was a very new DM. So it was like I, the only women are me and his wife. Uh, but I'm also one of the more experienced players mm-hmm. in there. So it's interesting because I weigh in on mechanics stuff because I've played for longer and I know more like, oh, like did somebody just get one shot killed? And it's like, well, no, because you didn't. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Like, so that that's been interesting too. Cause I definitely adapt how i play too and now that i'm thinking about it just verbal processing yes as you do i wonder if it is a bit of like yeah the vibe is different but we also tailor how we play and how we approach depending on the dynamics yeah depending on like the dynamic of the table and in some ways like not just the gender makeup or the sexuality makeup of the table but any like we're no one you know we are each all individuals like they're absolutely absolutely things are not there are no monoliths here like it's there's always exceptions to the rule Uh and everyone's experience is unique and yada yada but like when that other campaign is like i play a rogue and yeah my serotonin is just doing buku damage yeah and rolling my 46 sneak attack and it just feels so and yeah like i threw a knife at a dude and killed him in one shot um and and like my dm was like all right well yeah he he's down he is dead mm-hmm. i'm like oh okay <laughs> like, okay so, where do we go from here yeah it's so, like that like that's a different kind of fun than like yeah. in our strixhaven campaign where the combat's there and i like i like that's been really cool to play with and it's it's narrative in a different kind of way but i focus more on the role-playing side the role of the house happens. and i like and i wonder if it is just that you you can enjoy games better and i think that goes back to what we were talking about mm-hmm. an episode or two ago where it's like you have to treat each game individually each DM individually and each dm individually yeah. and like not try to make something make a game be something it isn't yeah you can get value out of the kind of game that it is and the and the differences are good yeah absolutely and And it can kind of expand your breadth and depth depth of experience 
and then you can fine tune. Because there's a point where it's like, okay, well, compatibility with tables and stuff is a certain thing. And yeah. Like, if you just aren't driving with a group and it just isn't working, then like there's no shame in leaving that. If it's just if it's not fun, you shouldn't make force yourself to play. But also, oh, it's like you don't have to just there's benefit, I think, to playing outside of your preferred niche. Mm-hmm. Like, will I ever run a dungeon crawler? Hell no. Absolutely not. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. Because I don't want to go through that. It's with too much math. I don't want to keep up with all those monsters. <laughs> I don't want to keep up with, like, the angles in the room and pretend we're on a fantasy SWAT team. And it's like, all right, as we cut the pie and fucking go around. Like, yeah. Let see? me take out my my giant yeah. fantasy ruler. This goblin has <laughs> half cover behind the bear. Like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Um, I don't want to manage all that. Which is why I chose a system that is, like, all RP. Um, But, like, are there still fun parts of playing that? Yeah. Like, dungeon crawler one-shots are great. Would I want to play a campaign that's only that? Probably not. Probably not. Like, I would – that would be too much Yeah, and I think campaigns are all about, like, finding how your players particularly find their fun tailoring yes. to that and understanding that there is a balance between the role play and the combat yeah. and you just adjust accordingly like i don't think uh, a campaign that is a hundred percent role play with no combat no stakes no because will have some, the same impact no yeah you know? some, for some extent even if it's social combat like which yeah. is a thing basically in vampire the masquerade like there have to there has to be stakes. Yeah. And there has to be consequences for exactly. actions. You can't just let people run amok through the world with no, no result of exactly. whatever. No repercussions yeah. to your own actions. There's like I burn the town hall down. It's like yeah. and nothing happens because we live in the void. Yeah. Like no, like no, you have to have to some fuck around action. is human and to is find to out is divine. Down. Yeah, hundred percent. That has to those are the tenets. That our society um, is founded upon. That's a t-shirt. If we merch <laughs> right there. And fuck around as a human and to find out is, is divine. divine. Wow. I need to embroider that on something. I can't take credit for that because 90% of my personality comes from the internet. I'm just absorbing. Um, I think it's always like I say so many random i have so many random little colloquialisms and things yeah. that i say and some of it you is, do have some fucking gold nuggets that just come out of your mouth and, and i yeah one i'm awful at remembering them and i don't know if it's like if it's one some of them are like from my family mm. and just from by proxy of being southern and having like my grandma's from louisiana yeah. she's yeah. Got some ridiculous shit but and then yeah also things just pop into my brain and i say them yeah, around like y'all, like my close friends that I'm comfortable with, I don't filter the nonsense. You are one of the only people in my life that I can honestly say has had me rolling in laughter consistency. Cause consistently, I can speak. Uh, it's an auditory medium, but it's fine. <laughs> it's okay. I, yeah, <laughs> but like you have had me cracking up laughing so many times in just the quickest, wittiest little blurbs, and yeah. I appreciate that about you. Thank you. Um. Yeah, again, rambling. But <laughs> um, I do want to harken back to that, uh, what you said, where, you know, sometimes just dealing that good, good damage or feeling like you did something fucking cool in combat mm-hmm. is its own reward. Oh, and yeah. It's so, so, so tasty. And I remember one of the first times that I really, like, when my character and her abilities just fucking clicked for me. Yeah. Um, I was pay- playing Val. She's an assassin rogue. 
the one whose life is currently in the in the balance. She is the one whose life is currently in the balance. But listen, I trust that the dice will be merciful and not hold me the way that they did in order to put her there. Um, I just got to get on my knees for the robot, you know? Dice bots, man. Which, like, you had that dice bot. That dice bot was whipped for me. Even that dice bot were were locked in. Yeah. Like, I was buttoned up. There would be sessions I rolled nothing below a 20. Which I I hated. It's like, (laughs) I hate dice bots. They stress me out. I feel like if my dice roll poorly, then, like, that, that's me. I feel like that's on, <laughs> that's on me. That's a combination of me and them. Yeah. If the computer, if the robot dice roll poorly, I don't like, I don't know I where shift the blame them. to the entity in the computer. Yeah. And it's like, I don't like, it's not a physical thing. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Be mad at my computer. I need that for other things. <laughs> so it's just like, I don't know. You can't put your computer in jail. <laughs> kind of bad yeah in the way like, that you can't i don't know yeah it's, i don't trust it yeah it's the same way where like people some people use dice towers and i'm like no i can't use a dice tower. i can't use a dice tower either because it's... if it rolls well or it rolls poorly i will feel like i didn't control that i need like the juju to be directly from me yeah and maybe that just says something about me having control issues <laughs> but you know you know that's well, fine. We'll address that in therapy. There are moments where it's <laughs> fine, and there are moments where you gotta round wheel it back. Yeah. And this is one where it's fine. Absolutely. But yeah, with Val, it was a situation of like she's a rogue assassin, and I had not played a rogue assassin before. Um, and we we'd been playing for a hot minute. We we have gotten some cool items under our belts. Um, I we have a player whose whole family is just a bunch of artificers and um, we are kind of like on this little caravan trip across Eberron to start a mining town and we're now established and all these good things. Um, but I had gotten like a chain dagger situation. So I got a dagger from another PC. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, you know, a family dagger. And that was like my one magical item I worked with the DM to get. And it's this immovable rod mm-hmm. in a dagger. Um, and so immovable dagger, my, my baby. And I had someone, um, basically attach that to a chain. And I was like, I want to live my Trevor Belmont fantasy. Yeah. You know, out here. I want to feel what Kratos feels. Exactly. Yeah. Like I want this bitch to be a menace. And so God, I wish my, I need to find a spec for Trevor Belmont's Morningstar. That would be so good. So fucking good. And so I have that with her. And like, again, this is that group of like, they're mostly dudes and I've never played with them before. I don't know them. And like, I had a, a bit of an adjustment period. And I also had gotten this gauntlet. It's like a symbiote, mm-hmm. has some abilities to it. And at some point I had that sit down session where oh no it wasn't even a sit down session i know what happened we were traveling and we got kind of veered off path and we were facing some like bear parrot fusion monster situation as in like they could mimic voices that's a bad but they're like this dire bear with a beak situation that's a bad combo wild and so how did that happen yeah who knows see the fucked up thing about that is you see that in the game and then you're like one in world how how? How did Under this Under what horrific circumstances? Yeah. And then two, you think of people who have, or I do, at least because I'm this person, think of people who made this. Yeah. Who brought this into reality. elder creation out of the abyss. Of <laughs> reality. And it's like, what, where, where, what, where were you at mentally 
when you went into work. When you decided this. And you were like, all right. I'm going to slap a toucan beak on a bear and call it a day. Yeah, we have wear cats. What about wear bird parrot? <laughs> or wear bear parrot? Wear bear parrot. Yeah. I hate that. You call them bear. And then everyone else was like, fair enough. Yeah. Is it colorful? Yeah. Like sometimes. Who, who like, knows? Gay bear parrot. All gay right. Bear parrot. <laughs> and I'm like, what is that work? Like, what is that? What are you taking in that workplace? Because I need some. <laughs> yeah. And so we're facing all these fucking where the barrets, um, the gay barrets, the gay barret. And um, I remember like, you know, combat's happening and whatever. And then I'm looking at my sheet and I'm looking at my, my gauntlet and my other things that I have. I was having that moment of like, I, I need to, I need to do some, something, right. Yeah. I can't just be out here doing like stab, stab. And that's my turn. Right. And so I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. And, uh, Suddenly, like, I have a moment where my action economy kind of... The stars. Yeah, the calculations are, like, floating in front of me. And I realize I'm like, okay, technically, with where I'm at in combat, I could stab this thing and use my gauntlet, um, which has, like, a fear condition. It has an eyeball in the palm. And whenever... Mm. um, It has to happen when I've hit... So right. if I hit, this can automatically pop off. It's oh. not like a reaction or anything. And so it's like a free. Yeah, it's like it's act. like a free condition to hit. It, I can only use it once a day. And, okay. And still though, so it's a- it's it's one attack that I can use this on. And so yeah. I hit. There was, I think there was like a couple different berries, and there was one big boy, right? Yeah. And the big boy was the th- thick sir. A thick sir. And he was, he You're was like, it's you. Yeah, he's a major problem. He was right in front of me. I'm trying to protect our poor squishy cleric. And um, I hit, I was like, okay, you know, Carson, hear me out. Mm-hmm. And by all means, tell me if I can't do this. Yeah. But technically, I've now hit, I'm already getting sneak attack damage. Right. Pretty sure it was a crit. Great. So it was already double damage. Great. And I was like, I can technically now pop off my con- my my glove gauntlet condition thing and make it force it to run away from me. Uh-huh. Um and the other condition of the dagger in which I have stabbed it with right. is that I can take op- on an opportunity attack, I can activate the immovable rod if it's already in mm-hmm. and force them to just flay themselves as they have to be forced to run away from me. So I'm now doing my normal damage, my sneak attack right, damage, damage, this additional slicing damage, the psycho- the psychic damage from my gauntlet. Right. And all of this is now doubled. And Carson's like, I fucked myself. <laughs> he's, like, Carson, I, he's like, I made choices. He's like, I did. They're coming back to haunt me now. I did, in fact, give this to this woman. And did Although, not- like, you just make everything beefier. Though. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But it was, it was like, I got the ga- I got the dagger before I got the gauntlet. The gauntlet was a completely, like, a whoopsie-daisy. We found this in a fucking cave. Yeah, y'all were just finding fucking symbiotes. We were just finding symbiotes. And attaching them to your bodies yeah. and, like, living <laughs> your lives. Yeah, and so, like, I just happened to get the gauntlet is the one that I chose to pick up. Interesting. Without okay. knowing what it was, without knowing the ability, nor yeah. how well it would pair with this You didn't cast Identify. You didn't know what nah, it was. I didn't yeah. know magic, bitch. You're like, I would like bracelet. I would like bracelet, yeah. I would like eye bracelet. Um, and so when that that combo happened, I took that, like, dire Barrett from its full health, t- 
to like two thirds of the way down. Right. In yeah. a single hit. After it ripped its Barrett body yeah. off the fucking chain. Yeah. Off the dagger and then down the chain. And then I proceeded to attack again. So like it Go was for it. well in spot. Added insult to injury. That's and- some like the boys shit. Can you imagine <laughs> if that got animated? That would be gnarly. Gnarly. Oh my God. And so well, I remember ha- taking that turn and everyone in my party and myself included just like hey, realizing the potential that right. I have. And I was like, oh, this feels fucking good. And they're like, we can go back to the houseboat, right? <laughs> You got, you're good. You got this. You got this. You're I was like, this. but that was my moment. My, I think I can genuinely say my first moment of doing something in combat that I think I really was like, I, I didn't have to ask anybody for that. Nobody taught me that I could do that. I genuinely came to that conclusion myself. Like the gears clicked for me mm-hmm. and then I did it. And then it wound up in such a fucking cool turn and I'd rolled a stupid amount of damage. Yeah. Um, and realize that I'm like, oh, I have this thing in my back pocket. Yeah. That when the stars align and I can pop it off. Like this, on, is, what I, this is what I do now. On the big, like targeted at the big bad. Mm-hmm. I can take that bitch yeah. out into You're like this in is a, my almost like, in a single turn. Finish him moment. Yeah. And so that like also made Carson real. But I can only pop it off once, you know. So that's the big like. You gotta, ba- you gotta balance the it's conditions like, damn, let's here. Let's just give Val a Tarask to fuck with while <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. But that was my first moment, and genuinely, like in hindsight, thinking about it, I was like, you know, I don't think I would have been able to click those things for myself if I hadn't had those interactions at tables. That combat was so heavy, mm-hmm. um, and had people like explain that shit to me. Yeah, like why things worked the way they did. Exactly. And, like, what exactly. And so I was like, I was just so proud of myself. In yeah, that moment. And it, like, yeah, it's 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 value that you can find at different tables and for yeah. different reasons. Yeah. Um, in the same vein of like the tables that we've had with just you know, the girls, the girls and the gays. Um, that we've had some incredibly powerful, mm-hmm. like emotionally built role play moments. And yes. I'm like, I have cried. Yes. So much <laughs> at tables with y'all. Yeah. Um, with genuine, genuine emotions of like an Oscar award winning performances. And I'm yeah. like, this like is things h- you've been building to for Yeah, this is hard play work. And I was like, or like the betrayals and the and the and the and the intrigue and all of this. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that to me is like crack cocaine. I'm out here addicted to it. Yeah, mine for that, I'm like, I'm so sad that we never got to play it. But Eva, my monk character in Ravenloft, because mm-hmm. I had, you know, the story will repeat it for the people. Because the second we left that campaign, I was like, I will tell you what I've been I'll plotting. tell you everything that was meant to happen with my because girl. Because I need someone <laughs> to know. Um, so, like, early on, I had like, Eva was the first time I tried to play, like, a happy character. And I did, I was like, what, what is this? What is emotional stability? Uh-huh. And so our DM was like, okay, well, we can fuck this up for her. Like and he's I was like, like, yeah, you need her to be traumatized. Yeah, like I can do that for you. I'm like, okay, fantastic. So and then <laughs> thank we, you for putting me back in my comfort zone. And now, <laughs> not not just direct a direct hit to me, just the knife in the dark. <laughs> um, but like I had an app, like an idea early on, and I was like, it would be cool to do since it is Ravenloft and obviously like Strahd is kind of the big bad lord of the dreadlords 
to build like this um what's it called the creepy like shadow ranger Gloomstalker. Oh, Gloomstalker. Gloomstalker. Yeah, it's like a reborn Gloomstalker ranger that was like taken captive by Strahd and like turned and like, you know, killed yeah. and then resurrected and like made into his creature. And then like then it's introduced as an NPC and then is ingratiated into the party, but ends up in the end either betraying the party for Strahd because like has a full you know, kidnapper, yeah, a Stockholm syndrome complex thing. Yeah. Or through events and sort of starting to regain some of her memories, like maybe she figures out what Strahd actually is, but also like Strahd, and Strahd was her patron. She took a level of warlock. Mm. And so uh, there was that like patron bond he could see through her eyes and things like that. So it would have been- Oh, we would have been so fucked. It would have been hard <laughs> to- for her to break that. So, but then we were in, yeah, like our, our pirate dread domain and, uh, Eva was going to get captured toward the end of that. Or actually not even toward the end of it. We were coming, we were going to do it about, in the middle, about in the middle because it, then the party would have to go prepare to like fight him at the end. And then the party would like negotiate to get her back, whatever. It would seem like everything's kosher and above table. And, if, you know, you guys ran, Rick rolled any insight checks on the dreadlord as he was about to hand her over, it would be like, no, yeah, he seems like he's going to. And then effectively, he was in a last minute be like, mm, or not, and then behead her. Just in full, front of, like, Game of Thrones, like, the exchange of Rickon Stark. Yeah, and just like just, a like, whole, fully like, firing on that bitch. Yeah, just Ramsey moment yeah. of, like, pure psychosis and just flip megalomaniac changed his mind and he could do enough damage to kill her in one trick so to get all her remaining hp and her max in one hit and so yeah she would just get beheaded in front of the party and then wild the dm would hand me my gloomstalker ranger naris's character sheet who would have already been kind of working with the party as sort of a guide and an npc yeah like worked in as an npc a yes little bit. and then i would because Ravenloft is not a setting where you can really just bring in a new bitch. And it's not going to be suspicious. It's going to be... You're like, I'm Sally. And I came out of the woods. You're like, and go back. Go right back. For real. I brought, I brought my new girl. And y'all were like, we don't fucking trust you. And I was like, the dichotomy or the difference between how my previous character was yeah. treated and this new girl that came in. I mm-hmm. was like, damn, that was a hard swing. Because we came into Ravenloft as that original party. Yeah. By like brought in by a goddess, so it was like, if a new bitch shows up on the scene, it's like, from whence did you come? Yeah, why are you here? We've got trust because issues now, bitch, and you're gonna have to justify. Exactly. <laughs> and so yeah, I was like, okay, we've got to like, especially since this Nerys is a well and true psychopath, of like we've got to build her in as like, oh yeah, you know, she was a mist walker, and so she had abilities to like go through and navigate between. The domains that, like, the party didn't have yeah. and all of that. And then so when he handed me, you know, her sheet and I took her over, it wouldn't be suspicious. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so sad that we never got to play that. I know. Because it would have been so good. And such is, the, such is the nature of a lot of games sometimes because sometimes the parties fall apart and you're like, these are unresolved characters that I will just, like, 
never really get to to tie a neat little bow. Yeah, on like Cadence's death scene, and then when you have a character on him, I can. That was really, really good. That was such a good fucking scene, and honestly, I'm 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 very happy that I got to have that. Yeah. Um, even though I didn't get to do much with Anima after the fact, like she, I think we only played a couple sessions after that. Yeah. Um, but like that that Cadence scene, I was like, this feels very good and very right. It was a nice like farewell. To yeah. Cadence yeah. And put a bow on like that. Yeah, so I have, like, I have at least decent closure with, like, Cadence as part of the story. Yes. Um, But the, like, yeah, kind of, like, hearkening back to to that table, you know, it it was still a party full of women. And, but we had, like, a male DM. And uh, it was, it was an element of, like, I think that was the first table I felt like the combat and roleplay aspects were 50-50. 50-50. Yeah. And they were, like, well-balanced of, like, it was a lot of role-play and it was very story-driven, but, like, there were consequences of, like, if we would go and, like, go around trying to gather stuff of, like, there's, you're going to get in some kind of scuffle. Yeah. And, and, but, and if you got in, in a fight or you tried to start something with someone that was more powerful than you, it's, like, there are consequences. The stakes were real for, and the stakes were high. Yeah. Um, and then also, I think that's also the first time I've sat at a party and I felt like we had a cohesiveness to our combat. Like we worked well together yes. and yeah. we had like fucking whammy combos that we would mm-hmm. do playing off of each other's like abilities. Like you double cast sleep to like put yeah. enemies down like bigger me, enemies down. Me and Bex's character, Tanari, as a spellcaster, like I'll be like support characters for, for combat. We were sharing the responsibility of buffing and dealing like damage or sabotaging the the yeah. battlefield or trying doing, to control control sort of yeah and like we were just working really well in tandem together yeah. and setting you and the others up for success essentially yeah. um and and like, keeping us free to be able to do damage and exactly up so we could exactly so that was also like a great learning experience for me and then um uh, this past um like like a couple sessions back of this new game that we are now in, mm-hmm. um, which is with a new DM, also um, you know a, a, a man, and uh, you know albeit a man that doesn't know us right prior to playing, um, but it's also his first experience with an all female table. Yes, yeah, because he's he's a ex military guy and he's you know DM for his military buddies. Yep, and I forewarned him. I was like, hey, my guy, like, it's a different. This is a whole different monster. You are going to have to get whole new tack and rain for for to ride this beast. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's different. It's entirely, entirely, entirely different. And I remember, um, you know, he had a Discord server already made for it. And there was Chrissy, um, who was someone that we did not know prior. But she was someone that he had matched with before. Romantic things didn't work out, but they were still friends, and she was ready to like play in this campaign with him. And she'd been waiting for like five months, mm-hmm. and then suddenly all of us show up in the goddamn Discord. She's like, <laughs> and she had the moment of realization. She's like, wait a minute, are these all are, women? are these all women? Yeah, and we're like, hell yeah, girl, you better buckle up because this is about to be a fucking time. And yeah. um, you know, and sure enough, we met her and we fell in love with her like right away. She's mm-hmm. great, um, and. Uh, I can tell that, like, that first session that we played, 
And he he forewarned us that it was going to, you know, it's an Eldritch Horror it's like, campaign. It's a horror campaign. He's like, it is. And he is shooting. It is real and dicey. He's and shooting like, to kill. Like, he's not going to yeah. pull punches. And we were, I think we all came in with that knowledge. Like, and we're all like, right. all right, I got to pull out my A game. And so yes. I think all of our respective skills that we've built up from our previous games were it's like. helpful. All right. Sure. So I think we all came into it with our characters and we were like. I know everything there is to know about the mechanics of my girl and how to counteract anything that you might throw at me. And we started at uh, level two. Yeah. Which is terrifying. Awful. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we ju- we just got our second level in your Strixhaven campaign. Um, and it's funny because it's something where you feel like you've been playing these characters for like you're like, like it's been 50 years you feel like they should have graduated <laughs> but i was like oh yeah i was like oh yeah they're still just level one characters yeah like they i i just got spell cast <laughs> i don't even have my like i haven't even taken an oath yet yeah we got a homebrew that we're day. babies we are infants um, and then so after that we went into that first session of horror campaign as level two which is not a lot of levels when like what's Not on the line that you that can do, your life is in danger. I'm like, I looked at my cleric and I was like, sick. I got three level one spell slots. Like that's it. And like, that's I'm, it. I'm, di- I'm a dick all in a dream. That's it. <laughs> like that's it. Um, and like we entered that first combat, and like I mean that first combat was, and he had told, he had warned me ahead of time. He's like, there are going to be situations where you are clearly like, probably better off running run. away. And I looked at that and I'm like, I feel like it's one of those. It's definitely one of those. And then it became aggressively clear that that wasn't what we were going to do. Yeah. Well, shit, we're going to be here a minute. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Like, you know, my girl uh, was a little bit at the center in that, like, I had to endure some trials and the other PCs are kind of watching it happen. It interrupted your. Yeah. And it interrupted my, my little cleric test. Uh, but by the time that shit popped off, I'm like, I've been worn down because of my trials. And suddenly I'm in a goddamn arena with three fucking basilisks as a yeah. level two cleric. And it's like, you're basically a liability. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, because you. And I have one spell slot and a dream. Yeah. You have like the ability to heal yourself before what would have been the final round of the trials. And then it's just like, ah, here's um like four basilisks. Yeah. And like half the people in the audience turn into Are like heretic. flame sorcerer heretics. Yes. And the only like villagers that were people in town that made it out were the people that knew their exits. If you weren't by an exit, you did die. Yeah. Um, I was like, we cannot, we cannot say. And at you. this point in time, aside from like your character and mine, and like one other character who had to get yoinked immediately because the player had to leave yeah um so we were already down a character There's three of us and then the other three the other two people my character does not know personally yeah so we have not been introduced as a party so i was like damn and i i did what it could i got out of that situation thinking that everybody else in the party would also just be aiming to find their quick exit that was the plan that was the plan but like it was a thing of we couldn't just leave because the way like we had the minis because you're playing at a kind of like a game store. So they have minis that you can yeah. build, which is really quite cool, by the way. And we're, we do more theater of the mind. So it's yeah. really fun to be able to like have the arena uh-huh. and visualize and, like, and know where I'm running from. And- yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. But uh, it looked like we could just run out of the arena, like gates 
and run. Like, so I thought it was more like, you know, like a horse arena where it's like there's the gate, but yeah. then you, once you're out, you're out. But it's not. It's more like an NFL, like a professional sports arena where it's like you get out you of the go down these hallways. And then you have to get out of the stadium. And I was like, well, that's inconvenient. Yeah. Because it's wooden on fire, <laughs> which is. With Vasilis running around. Yeah. The fucking place. Big noodle boys. Yeah. Running around. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> but I remember watching that combat because, like, you know, my character got out of that fa- fairly early in the combat as soon as I could so that to avoid killing my character in the first session. Mm-hmm. Um, but then watching y'all, watching you three yeah. be in that combat, and, like, it is so clear that this was meant to be a thing that was weighed against us and we are meant to run away. Yes. And you three just cleared house. Cleared fucking house like some bad bitches. Yeah. And like we're working together in tandem. Your abilities were perfect. You were like yep. rolling exactly what you needed to roll. Yeah. And like like it wasn't impossible. Like they were like the heretics didn't have a ton of HP. No. Uh so like I play it was playing a gunslinger. And so like a shot or two could take them out. Yeah. Um and then, like, Bex is playing a, a druid. Yeah, a Warforged druid. And then Alyssa is a paladin. So, like, paladins, paladins do pretty good. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Even at level two, you get, like, a long sword. And yeah. You get, like, a D8 plus something. Uh, so, like, yeah, we were able to work through it. And, like, I – there's one where I'm like, I don't know if we can clear all these bitches. And that, but – and he also had, like – for sure, like one NPC that was like a level. Yeah, there 10. was one NPC that was out there. There was just one one v one and like two basilisks. Yeah, and I was like, "Thank you, my brother." He's over here, Captain America, like holding these yeah. two basilisks with his two fucking head. arms. Yeah, and I was like, "Great, my brother. Thank you, my brother yeah. Christ. We're gonna be great. We can clear everybody else out." Yeah, and then yeah, it was like trying to, then trying to get out, and <laughs> it was funny because my. The way we Teddy has make our characters is cool because we didn't take ability like stacking pieces, yeah. but we got to pick. We all got a feat, and then we all got we got to pick like three, um, three characteristics from char- our like, other character race. attributes. Yeah, yeah. So like, my role was half uh, human and half Shatterkai elf. So I took like advantage on or like proficiency and perception because that's important for gunslingers dark vision because like you gotta be able to see tonight you gotta be able to see tonight i mean you can't be the bitch in an eldritch horror campaign you can't see at night night. that has to have a candle like (laughs) you can't like i'm like like elmer not elmer like the what if my brain what if i didn't have brain fog (laughs) um doesn't matter i'm gonna remember as soon as we turn it off <laughs> and it's gonna want you in your, in your dreams um the like christmas uh present past and future mm. dude oh scrooge yeah what's well, like walking around here for oh yeah 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 like, anyway um <laughs> pointless uh diatribe there but what the fuck was i saying oh okay i'm yeah, back yeah. online now here we go <laughs> I have I have custody of the brain cell. Again. It got Bluetooth to you. It did. I like the orange caps wave the fucking brain cell. <laughs> so and my other one of like one of the shatter guys have like a teleport ability where you can teleport 30 feet to a space you can see 
amount of your number of times you yeah. your proficiency bonus, which minus two. So it's like I used one to get down out of the arena and into like the bottom, like out yeah. of the stands and into the arena. And then we were right around there was like a big ass basilisk just fucking in the, door. in the exit. And I'm like, well, that's not really going to work for me. Um, so I was like, can I by chance see God's light on the outside of the arena? Because I ran around and Teddy was like, yeah, but there's a basilisk right there. And I'm like, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. And he's like, can, can I, I see outside? And he's like, yes. I'm like, then I use my last uh, teleport ability and I teleport 30 feet out. Yeah. And I just like blew pred over that, that basilisk. Yeah. And I think like overall the way that that combat ended and in the aftermath, I remember like watching Teddy just like standing over the the arena looking at the aftermath of like how how y'all made it out Mm -hmm. how y'all killed all the enemies that were on on the field including all three basilisks um and him being like that was not how that was supposed to go in my head it was nice to have it was like a there was a lot of respect there and it was it was cool to see he's like all right like I i have now understood yeah. The people at my table. Which is terrifying because now... Now he, he just has free reign to fuck us. Yeah, later. Yeah, who knows? He's like, clearly they out. know what they're doing so I can crank this hoe up. But... Yeah. Um, like, but even then, he was already... Like, it was already cranked. It Yeah, it what I mean, he was... We just had good roles and good action economy. Yes. And, um, and, and also good knew, party And we, party and we knew dynamic. how to play, you know, it was Bex, Alyssa, and I. We know how to play together. And so it was easy to almost, and he had the, our like tenth level NPC basically handling the basilisk. Aside yeah. from the basilisk that like wedged its giant lizard body in the court, <laughs> so the which end. was a choi- choice it made, mm. um, the other ones like that NPC was killing. So I think yeah. if we had to kill the basilisks, that would have been a problem. Yeah, I mean it was definitely an encounter that could have been so bad oh absolutely if, if if we were we were rolling well overall and if we ha- were not then yeah if the stars had dictated that we all died that day we would have all died that day we, yeah we very well could have 100 percent. but I, my I, monk character now would be like man there's hella bones in here there's hella bones here <laughs> man that's crazy oh all, all five of these bitches dead um like there's a femur and everything <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was just one of those genuine moments where I sat there and like realized it's also uh, an aspect of like all all of us were playing much different classes than what we normally mm-hmm. play. Yeah, and just having that kind of good good feeling of like I've been playing with these girls for so long and we really can just work so well together yeah, and like- pick up any class and be fucking impressive. And just kind of trade hats of like who's support and who's attacking and yeah. who's casting and who's melee and just fill in whatever we're now experienced enough where we can just pick up sort of any yeah. mantle that we need and to. that's a and that's a good fucking feeling and i think i can i can safely attribute that to the different kinds of dynamics that i've had at different kinds Absolutely. of tables and party yeah. makeups and player makeups and, oh yeah and dms and there's there you know i think the overall tone is like there's a lot of value to be had from 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 Learning. every kind of uh grouping that you could have at that table mm-hmm. Um, and the, the differences are what make us, make us, make us good. Make us special. Yeah. Well, that is, um, everything we it's have for, it's for about time. It's about that time. Um, but you know, uh, soft reminder that, you know, it's just a game 
And it is just a game. It is just a game. It's just a game. You don't have to force things that aren't working if they aren't working. But also, if something isn't working, have a conversation about it and it might be fine. Yeah. And if you need to change some stuff, change some stuff. Yeah. And don't be be afraid to ask for help from other people that have played longer than you. Yeah. And then you too will see yourself become uh, a bad bitch critting on a a BBEG and then knocking his ass out. You can make a fair (laughs) parent. You too can make make queer berries cry. Down a knife and chain. (laughs) But thank you so much for listening, guys. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Table Talk is a podcast brought to you by Mythos Media Productions, bringing you a new episode every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at TabletalkRPG or check us out at our website, mythosmediaproductions.godaddysites.com. All business inquiries can reach out to us via email at info at mythosmediaproductions.com.